Kevin Barker. I thought we'd be coming on today. And I thought we'd be talking about the significance of this weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. I thought we'd be talking about the wild card standings and how this was the weekend. How this was the weekend that the Jays not fell out of the wild card race, but gave up that final wild card spot to the Seattle Mariners. I think we came, I thought we came, Kevin, this close, this close to seeing it happen. I don't know what it would have mattered. I mean, again, it's it's August 14th, but uh, the Jays, after losing a couple of games to the Chicago Cubs, and by the way, I I just, I had no idea the Cubs were were that good. Nonetheless, after losing a couple of games to the Cubs, the Jays came back and uh, beat the Cubs 11-4 yesterday in a game in which Matt Chapman didn't play. Matt Chapman was out with a inflamed middle finger after apparently jamming it between the weights and a weight rack, um, which hurts. You would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, from my uh, daily routine. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Like I, I'm, I'm sure I must have lifted weights like 30 years ago. Mm. They had weights in when you were growing up. Yeah, we just, you know, we just attached like old blocks, of, blocks of granite oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to, you know, and and uh, then and then we did that. But uh, anyhow, the Jays won the game 11-4 yesterday, and uh, it, it's it's funny, isn't it? They win 11-4, and you're such a child with this paper. They win 11-4, and you come away thinking, man, that looks a lot like the way things looked when they swept the Boston Red Sox last weekend and then proceeded to embark on a whole bunch of games where they couldn't get a hit with the runners in scoring position or with runners in scoring position, lost some one-run games. Um, And then, of course, came home to the Cubs and lost the first of those two games. So I got to ask you this. Firstly, down today. You're awfully down today. I'm not down today. You are. They're a game and a half up. Yeah. Let's look at it that way. Be That's fortunate. what I'm saying. But I'm with, saying with the way they hit be fortunate ch- that they're a game and a half up. Thank, thank goodness for Trent Thornton. Well, okay, we'll <laughs> deal with that later. Trent that? Thornton, who finally did something good for the Blue Jays. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Well, I, I can say it. It's true. <laughs> Trent Thornton with his, his blue, the highlight of his Blue Jays career. We'll deal. We'll deal with that. We'll deal with that later on. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you. Okay, eleven four. Yeah. Good offensive explosion, all sorts of good stuff happening in that game. Any comparison between what we saw yesterday and what we saw in that Boston series where we came away saying, oh, my God, they've got a team-wide approach. This is amazing. They've brought in to all the stuff. It's like they saw the Orioles embarrass them, and they were they bought into this, and it's great. And then, of course, they go into Cleveland and get it you know, by a couple of good young pitchers. Mm-hmm. Anything you saw in that game yesterday that makes you think, uh, okay. Other than Whit Merrifield and Danny Jansen, is there anybody else that has a consistent approach that you think every single day is going to do the exact same thing over and over and over again? No. Then you 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 got I've your answered answer. my question. You got your I? answer. Yeah, it's, it's I've answered my question. It's not it's maybe Kevin, you know, maybe maybe now Kevin Biggio. Yeah, I don't think so. He looks more comfortable. I think he I think you're right. I can't. I, yeah, I don't think he plays enough to. Right, everyday player. Everyday players. You're right. The only two guys I look at and go, oh, 
they kind of know what they're doing up there is Witt and Danny. Yeah, because Danny's pretty simple, right? Because well, we know what Danny has to do. I think we know what Witt has to do too. Like it's I, I I think those two guys for me look ready to hit. The other guys, Vladdy looks ready to hit. George Springer looks ready to hit. Dalton Varsho, I know, you know, if he didn't hit the three run homer, the game probably is different. Like it's that. I think that's where you're at with this team is that they're, they're going to pitch really well. They're going to give that lineup a chance. They're trying not to implode, have the really bad inning. You know, you could see Chris Bassett when he had the bad, bad inning where he gave up the runs. He, I don't think it was so much the fact that he gave it up on a hanging breaking ball. He knew that it was a big lead. Mm-hmm. It was a big lead and his lineup been struggling at home to score runs. I think that's more this time of the year where they're at. I'm not sure all of a sudden they're going to reinvent themselves. No, the Jays had 14 hits, 11 RBI yesterday. Uh, they were eight for 17 with runners in scoring position. They sent 10 to the plate uh, in the second in the second inning. Hyunjin Ryu, by the way, in that first start since that 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 knee injury or one guy had five of those RBIs. So you got to look right. The rest Dal- of the team Dalton had six. Yeah. Right. And but Whit Merrifield went four uh, four for six as well in the game. Um and the two two of the runs that uh the two runs that Hyun Jin Ryu gave up were unearned as a result of a Brandon Belt era error. But yeah, Dalton Varsho had the big game offensively. Um you know, we've kind of I think we've this'll be the third time we've probably thought Dalton Varsho has maybe I wouldn't say turn the corner, but showing some life. Uh, I, again, from what, what I've seen from Dalton Varsal, I see nothing that suggests to me that this is, you know, anything other than, I'm not going to say blind squirrel finds nut, uh, but um, I need, again, for this to, I'm not going to be fooled again after what I saw against the Boston Red Sox. I, I'm just not going to be. Yeah, fooled. it's a lot of negative stuff coming out of your out of your mouth, right? I, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to try and be optimistic here on, on Monday. They got a good team. Are they a great team? No. Just because offensively, a lot of the times, the main guys that they have when when it push comes to shove, they're easy to pitch to. Like, we know it. We, this, the, the, all of a sudden, it just doesn't shine a light on all. Oh, you can get them out with an elevated fastball or a slider away. Now, they, we've not, everybody knows that now. now. Now it's, you know, everybody's yelling and screaming about the approach, and I don't even think they go up looking fastball. I think it's they look down the middle. That, that's why you see Vladdy's late on the hater. He's out in front of the breaking ball. He's not looking for a fastball, or you wouldn't be late on 90 if you're looking for it. So I, I don't think that's their approach. Whatever the khakis are spewing before the game or during the game or after the game or two weeks before the game, like it's just it's not consistently one through nine. Let's all figure out how to hit velocity. We'll get in an athletic position to do that, and then everything else will just take care of itself. I think they're past that. I, I don't think they're going to do that. They're no, not going to buy into that. There's one dude that's bought into his own approach, and, and he ain't playing. And that's both. He's hurt. That's both. So, and, and maybe with Merrifield, who for me looks like he's always ready to hit the fastball. Always. That's why he's having a really good year. And you see it gives him a chance because he's choked up and he can feel the barrel and he can throw it to all quadrants and he can use the entire field and he can let a breaking ball travel because that's how well he feels the, you know, the barrel of the, of the, of the bat and his lower half is on time and it's simple and, you know, it's direct. Like, there's not, it's not a, it's just not because he walks to the plate and he swings at everything. No, he has a plan. He's ready to hit. And I think that for me is... You're seeing that a couple of guys. That's why their lineup's very moody. Like, there's a lot of things going on there, and consistently it just, I'm not sure that 
you're going to see that a, a ton. But I don't know if they need to see it a ton. I think their their identity, Caleb Joseph talked about that, is not their hitting. It's just not. It's their outfield defense. They're going to most of the time catch the ball in the infield. They're going to make some plays when they have to in the infield. And it's their starting pitching. Like, that is – that's their identity. They're going to try and outpitch you – and somebody accidentally has a big inning, and they're going to win a game four to three, four to two, five to three. That's how they're going to finish the next forty-two games, rest of the season. And I just ask you, what's more important—the twenty-four games at home or the eighteen games on the road? That—that's the thing, right? You're splitting those up. You got forty-two games left, right? They, what are they? They're the only reason I ask that is because we're having the offensive conversation. They're fifth and slugging on the road. They're 21st to slugging at home, right? It's So you're going to outpitch people and you're going to try and get the timely hit. Uh, the Jays have today off, and then they'll start a brief two-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Tomorrow it'll be Zach Wheeler against Yusei Kikuchi. Wednesday it'll be Aaron Nola Ooh. against Kevin Gossman. Oh, as, man. Uh, and then the Jays head out on the awesome road. pitching. There it is. After that. Uh, what did you make of Hyunjin Ryu yesterday? Uh, I think he's locating the fastball really well to both sides of the plate. Uh, I don't think he can add and subtract anymore with the fastball because it's consistently it's just not coming out hot enough for him to be able to do that. Where we've seen, you know, he'll he'll take a little off to take the sting out of the bat on a fastball up and in that's not a cutter. Now it has to be somewhere in that 88 to 89 to 90 range. He'll throw the backdoor cutter. He'll elevate the cutter to a righty. He'll throw the slow breaking ball in. That'll have a little bit more break to it. He'll go arm speed down and away with the changeup. He's a very smart, frustrating at bat who's going to give mm-hmm. you a chance, and I think that's all they want from him. Um, you made a comment when we were talking on Saturday about Whit Merrifield's home run. Um, because we've been asking the question a lot about why can't this team hit in its own ballpark? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a new configuration there. And, and, and I mean, I don't, look, I don't pretend to know if it's changed the aerodynamics or whatever, the building or anything like that. But you made a point when you saw Whit Merrifield hit that home run. To center? To center. Yeah, it's not to field. I mean, not to take anything away from Whit. Whit's not a home run hitter. No, I mean, but he, he has a really good approach. He got a fastball up in the middle of the plate. He put his best pass on the baseball. He created a little backspin. It went where it was supposed to go. Like, yeah. I, I think if you do those things because you're an established big leaguer, even if you don't have tons of pop, you can create some backspin in a yard that, you know, has a, a little bit of a shorter fence in center field. The ball will go where it wants to go. I just think consistently, for whatever reason, the approaches are all over the place. Like, it's all over the map. And it, you're consistently seeing that. That's why it's very hard to see. Wouldn't that? I got I'm going to jump in here though. But it that kind of makes sense. The hitting's a very individual thing, is it not? Why would you? Why would you have a one size fits all approach for hitting when you've got dudes who have different strengths, different weaknesses, different mechanical strengths and weaknesses? Like I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I'm playing the devil's advocate. How here. many? How many big leagues have you ever met that's made a living off hitting the breaking ball? Oh, very few. No, I, I mean, that's... And there's, and, your, there's your answer. Like well, I, 
Uh, teams don't either. I mean, occasionally you hit in the middle of the order. You've been hammering some fastballs. You're going to have to go up and look for a breaking ball. It's just it's it's, it's common. It's common sense. But you're it's doing not that. But you're guess. doing that with a with a purpose. That's I'm, the purpose. No, I'm doing it. that because I've hammered the fastball, and now they got nowhere else to go. Yeah. I took his best fastball to right center with backspin. My second at bat, he threw me a a breaking ball that I didn't chase. He threw me a fastball up and in. I pulled that down the left field line. I'm two for two with two doubles. Now he doesn't have anything else to go to except breaking balls, and that's when you go up. And I, that's not even an educated guess. It's just common sense. And that's what you have to do in the middle of the order. It just seems like they do that in their first at bat. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, why, why would you do that? Like, well, force them into throwing you something else. Force them into throwing your ball down the middle. Maybe that's what they did in the that's last game. Meant, but it's, that's what I meant by purpose, though, is have that approach so you get that pitch as opposed to just kind of going up there and – you know, having a general approach to hitting. Yeah, it's the you're not going to be able to cover everything, and I think sometimes they they try and do that just just because somebody behind the scenes tells you that this guy does this that equates to your bat path, and if you catch it out front, go up and look for that. Well, what if I can't hit that? What if nobody else can hit it? Why would I look for it? That's during the game yesterday. Uh, Buck Martinez and Dan Shulman had a chance to have a conversation with Bo Bichette, who's not in the lineup. Uh, things seem, you know, knock on, well, this is plexiglass, I guess. Things seem to be on the up and up for Bo. I, I, I haven't heard anything about when he's going to be back. I, I would imagine it might be sometime in it the next. Sounded like Friday. It, I was going to say on, on the road. Uh, although we know that there are also people in the organization who are, Want to be a little cautious. He's your best player. With Bo, he is your best player. But this was Bo talking yesterday to Buck and Dan about some of the issues the Jays have been having at the plate, and in particular with their approach. Give us a sense for what you think has is, is been different about this ball club this year in their ability to score runs. Yeah, well, um, you know, I think we've been a bit indecisive in the box at times. Um you know, but at the same time, like man, this this game is so hard, and it's uh, it's a real difficult game to figure out. I'll tell you that, and I don't think anybody ever does really. So um, yeah, I mean, I think just most of the time when you see teams struggling, they're in between, they're not committed to a certain pitch, and um, I think that happens at times with us. Mm. There you go. I think you should put that in the clubhouse wall. I think they have. I think you have to have buy-in from everybody, and I'd start it. The people that I've talked to consistently, I don't think they do have that. I don't think they have the – again, he said it. Hitting a baseball, for people that's ever tried to do it, I've never tried to use a hockey stick and go on the ice. I'm sure that's very hard. Hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things to do. You can make it harder. Hmm. That, that, and that's, for me, consistently – you know, what he said there, there's a little truth to that, except when you think you have a lineup that can win a World Series, and they do, and they did. They may not anymore. But they did think that starting the season. Everybody thought that. Like, you thought slug, and you had MVPs all over sprinkled through that lineup, and you got experience. You got more experience than George Springer in the playoffs than most, most humans should have experience. Yeah. Like, you thought you had some things cooking. And then you go in there, and it's just it's consistently all over the place. And, I, I again, I think Bo has bought into his approach. Like, he's, he's going to look – like most really good hitters should look. About 95% of the time, I'm looking for good old number one. And then again, if I have to do that other thing, if they force me into it, I'll do that. But most of the time, you ain't going to throw that by me. That 
For me, that's why he catches up to 99 to 100. How many times have you ever went, wow, how did he even hit that? Because yeah. he's looking for it. Yeah. Right? And he's young and he's, he's, he's got, got some great hand eye coordination. Got, yeah, too. but he's, you have to be looking for these things. Like you, that, John Snyder talks about this. Everybody that ever comes on our show talks about the same exact thing. Unless you're looking for velocity, consistently, you're just not going to hit it. Vladdy looks all the time like he's late on the heater and early on the breaking ball. What's he looking for? What's that tell you? It tells you nothing. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to at least have an identity as an individual hitter, forget about the breaking ball or the if, – if I'm looking for fastball and you beat me with a breaking ball, hey, I'm going to stick with that because I don't like the breaking ball anyway. Vladdy's not a great breaking ball hitter, but he can annihilate heaters if he's looking for him. And being late on 90 and – Standing that far off the plate the way he does, that's the first thing, right? Is that'll tell you when he walks the plate, he stands that far off the plate. That'll tell you don't like velocity. Yeah, I don't you it don't take a brain surgeon to know that. Most dudes that stand really far back and really far away either want to dive into the plate, which he doesn't. He doesn't do that, or doesn't like velocity. They want to let it travel a little bit more. It gives them a chance to catch up to it. For me, it's B with Vladdy. So, and then plate awareness. When you're standing that far, I mean it, it's He's going to jam town all the time, right? The, the, the like, It's like the ball of the catcher with the Cubs. I don't know who it was. I was watching a couple of times. Would set up in Gomes. like feet. Yeah. Feet. Because there's no plate awareness. No when plate you stand awareness. that far off the plate, you have no idea where the plate's at. And when you do, you chase. Why does somebody chase, suggest something to him? I, I, well, we're August. It maybe, is what maybe, it is. Maybe, maybe they have. I mean, I, who knows? Like, I, again, I... I think sometimes you just overthink things to the point where it's just one of them years. Like it's, yeah, you're going to have the year you think you're going to have. And right now he's. So basically if you're the Jays right now, your your goal is just just get in the playoffs and, gotta, then, and then hope that the pitching hope, takes you. Yeah, I hope one of your big time guys, maybe Bo comes back, he gets yeah. super hot, he can help carry your team. We've seen that, right? We've seen well, you yeah. got one or two you guys know, you know and one you thing put them we in the right seen. spot. Uh, playing the optimist here. One thing we haven't seen is arrested Bo in September. You know, yeah, I guess I, I think rested for him means play every day, yeah, right? But I'm saying that we'll see a guy who's had some time off, and and maybe that can be a benefit at some point down the road. Yeah, I think he's a timing him. guy. He's got lots of moving parts. He needs to play a ton to get the best bow that we can possibly get down the stretch. And I just like, I mean, just listen to him talk. Like it's simple. Buy into an approach. He beats us. So what? They're really good too. Like uh, you got to accept it. Like it's to the point now, one through nine, that I have my approach. You have yours. Let's stick to it because we're really talented. That should be enough to take us to the finish line. And it just seems like consistently. Again, it doesn't take me coming on here or Caleb Joseph or Buck Martinez to come on here and tell fans of the Blue Jays or anybody else. They got to do is watch the game. I mean, watch the swings they take. They look like they got a plan to you. I mean, I understand that the pitching's been good, but the pitching ain't that good. I mean, you got you're really good hitters. The pitching ain't that good. So, and I think that's the frustration around the team, and, well, I think and especially the other, around the coaches and those kind of things. The is, other frustration too, Kevin, is if you look at this team, offensively they're not as good as they were last year. Last year they weren't as good as they were the year before. Yeah, I almost might tell you that the 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 approach off the field's just not translating to on the field, right? right. There's a lot happening there. Why is that? I mean, I, how many times you got to do it before you go? Well, maybe we need to adjust. Maybe they're just not buying in. I bring it back to Tampa when we had the GM on. 
He said that we had to simplify it. We were throwing too much at these guys. Instead of just say, go up, get your pitch, and see how far you can hit it. I don't know. <laughs> how easy does that sound? It just doesn't seem like it's translating for the Blue Jays lineup one through nine. And, and again, it is very hard to come on our show and, and say this after they scored 11 runs. But I think consistently they should be scoring 11 runs more often. I think that that's what it is, right? You force them into hanging breaking balls. You force them into throwing bad cutters because you're hammering things that you should be hammering because you have a good approach and you're ready to hit. All the catchers that we ever talk to all the say the same thing. And so, and it's the Jose Batista thing. Well, why Jose Batista was so good is because you couldn't throw a fastball by him. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying to invent ways to backdoor breaking balls and, and throw the nasty late breaking breaking ball. How many pitchers can consistently do that? Not many. And not hang one. And you hang them, they go a long way. So I think that's the right. Is It's just sort of a frustrating watch when you see really good hitters that consistently you're thinking to yourself, and you want to yell at your TV set and go, well, why'd you swing at that? That's all. Here's a number I want to throw out you, out at you. Pardon me. This is from the uh, Jays game notes. It kind of blew me away. The Jays scored double-digit runs for the eighth time this year on Sunday. Yeah. You know how many times they've done it at the Rogers Center? Two. You looked at the notes. No. Two times they've scored double-digit runs at the Rogers Center. Two times. Yeah, I think this is for me. Two times. You look at Dalton Varsho. I'm going to bring that example up because he had five RBIs. Hitting 213 on the fastball. He's slugging 364. I think that's team-wide on this. I think those are why the stats are the way they are. He, he, this his home run yesterday. His first home run since June 6th. Yeah, it's the. I mean, if you're at in love, the, sorry, at at the Rogers Center, in June. If June you're 6th. if you're in love in love with slug and exit velocity, that's what it is with the fastball. It's not that they don't get hits. I mean, I think they're hitting a little over two seventy on the fastball. It's not the fact that they're not getting hits. They're just not doing damage yeah. on the fastball. That's what it is. Like that's what I said about the Whit mm-hmm. Merrifield. Ninety four middle up, which is what they're they. That's like their kryptonite. It's not his kryptonite. Because he's ready to hit it. He's choked up. He's fighting barrel to the ball because they throw really hard, and he's 34 years old. It's almost too smart, ain't it? Like, it's just I, I got to simplify this thing because I want to get paid, first of all, and I want to show people that I'm a good hitter and I'm a good player, yeah. and somehow I have to catch up to velocity because they throw really, really, really hard. Simple. He, if you look at this team, if you had to choose a most valuable player, everyday player, now Bo would be number one. Mm-hmm. I think what's number two in that category? I think what's number two. Can you imagine what this offense would be without Whit Merrifield? They'd have George leading off. That didn't work all that well. Yeah, some non, non-competitive non there. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think you're on to something that's, there. I, 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 think, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it, it, it's a talking point. That That's all it is. But... <laughs> I mean, I, I found myself, and I find myself now every time I watch a Jays game thinking, you know how a month ago I was so quick to say there's no way in hell I bring Whit Merrifield back. Love the guy, but not bringing him back at that money. I can find somebody else. who I don't know if I can find somebody else who's got 40 hits since the All-Star break. I don't know if I can find somebody else who's hitting 348 over his last 33 games. Yeah, I think you got to ask yourself, can he play second base next year every single day? That That's the thing you got to ask yourself. He wants to. <clears throat> but not. I'm not sure that's what it, where they want him. 
the question. That, that's the that's the value, right? Is is they need everyday guys in some everyday well, you know, spots. There, and there, there is a scenario though where if you don't bring Kevin Kiermaier back, Dalton Varshall becomes your everyday center fielder, mm-hmm. and then maybe you do what you're doing right now with. I I don't know. I just think it's it's, and I understand there's a whole recency bias thing at work here, but if he keeps doing this. I've got at least entertained the thought of bringing him back, you know, unless Addison Barger or, or Spencer Horowitz are, you know, are, are really, are really knocking at the door. Um, I, it just seems to me that he has, he, you're right. He and Bo into it. Well, and, and Danny Jance as well, but I expect something to happen when he's at the plate. I ask you a question. If Witt's not here next year and George Springer's not your leadoff hitter, who's leading off? He is not in the organization. Hmm. He's not in the organization. I mean, who 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 would you think? Yeah, he's not here. And I don't think I I am beginning to really like George in the middle of the order. I'm will be intrigued to see Bo and George and Vladdy in the middle of the order. I think that's got a nice yeah, see, kind I, of a nice see, mid, a nice ring. Where to it. where would be middle of the order for you? I'm talking three, four, five. Not for me. Four, five, six. Not for me. Well, what are you saying then? Where five, five six, seven, somewhere in that range, and then you're filling in dudes. I mean, if, if you had George, so you want, if you had George Springer hitting six, and you could go out and get you some impactful bats, so you want, that can do some things. Absolutely, like the line. Uh, no, the no, line no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. For I'm, next I'm year. So, okay. All right. I was. It's just not good enough. Like we've. Yeah. It, we're. It's not like it's and it's getting a little older and. You know, what's Vladdy going to be next year? Do you have confidence that Vladdy will have a turnaround season? I mean, not if they're doing the same things they're doing now. And, and you know, the the people that are off the field that, you know, is Victor Martinez going to be the hitting coach? Is, you know, for me, Vladdy needs sort of that that presence to say, this dude got you out this way this yeah. time. Go up and look for that. While he's walking by putting his... All that stuff he's got on. I mean, I thought that sort was, of simplified. I thought that Don enough. Mattingly was supposed to be that guy. That's yeah, one it's of the hard reasons to do that as here. a bench coach and everything. Yeah. I guess you got yeah, all sorts yeah, of think, stuff going on. I think on. Uh, yeah. when when Dante was here, that was sort of sounds like the, the yeah. what was you know you hit a homer on this pitch, look for that pitch. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot. Well, not a lot, but we will talk about the Seattle Mariners in the second half of the show. Ryan Roland Smith, Mariners studio analyst will join us. The Mariners, I mean, we're going to be keeping an eye on them the rest of the year. It looks like it's the Mariners, Mariners and the Jays. There may be other teams that have designs and getting in there. Red Sox getting a little healthy now, looking a little better, taking advantage of some weakness in the schedule. Uh, What's going on with the Rays? Yeah, we've, we've got a lot to talk about. And uh, speaking of that, we are going to take our weekly look around the AL East. In the East, we'll do it when we come back. We'll also be joined by Jason Stark of The Athletic later on in the show. So, lots ahead. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and Sportsnet. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got Jays tickets to give away to see the Jays and uh, Phillies down at the Rogers Center tomorrow. 
Nice save, Bafo. Uh, we'll do that in the uh, next hour. It's Monday, so you know what that means. It's time for In the East. Parker's favorite segment. It is. Because yeah, it's the one where I do all the work. I guess you do a little. Well, you complain about it a lot. Hey, is there such a thing in your mind as the dog days of August? Not really. Okay. When you're in the minors, it's always a dog day. Right? It's, it's it, from day one. From day one, exactly. I say, but I mean, we do call it the dog days of August. It's still August. Uh, they're not done yet. But uh, boy, this weekend there was just something about this weekend that makes you think that when the AL East is all said and done, right, we may kind of be looking at bat th- back this weekend, particularly if you're the Rays, the Yankees, and the Orioles. You may be looking back at this weekend and saying, okay, this is when the good stuff started to happen in the case of the Orioles. This is when it all started to go to hell in the case of the Rays and, well, the Yankees. It's been going to hell for a while, but... Um, the Orioles, hey, what can you say about them? Their magical run continued with one of those performances that teams that win titles seem to get a 5-3 win over the Seattle Mariners in extra innings in a game in which Cedric Mullins did this. Rants into center field, hit well, hit deep. Mullins! He got it! He got he it! Be oh my gosh! He cannot have just done that! Oh! That ball was over the fence. Yeah. And then he did this. Two balls and a strike to Cedric Mullins, who did not start this game. Came on for defensive purposes for Ryan O'Hearn in the six once the Orioles tied it. And has a chance to give them the lead. And he will give them the lead. If that one stays fair, it's down the line, and it is foul. Oh, <laughs> he saved a home run in the ninth, and he very nearly hit one in the 10. Then he did this on the next pitch. And Mullins drives this one into right field. That's a fair ball. That is deep. That is out of here. Cedric Mullins robs a home run. Cedric Mullins hits a home run. And the Orioles are back in front. You kidding me? Uh, What can you say about that, Orioles catcher James McCann? make extremely good defensive plays and end up coming up with a big time hit but uh, how many times do you see someone make that play hit a homer foul and then hit a homer Um, I mean especially for a guy who didn't even start the game uh, you know coming off the bench getting a a, make a huge play and then obviously maybe a bigger hit Uh, I mean it's it's just words don't really describe how how big he was for us today yeah and the thing is Kevin I mean I, I, I want to ask you this okay you get a ball and you almost hit a home run. Yeah. What does that do to the mindset of the hitter? Yeah. And what does that do to the mindset of the pitcher? Well, unless Trent Thornton's on the mound. I mean, m- m- well, most most of the time, because you yeah you only got so many bullets in one at bat, you don't want to be using them up. And most of the time, it never goes well. And just so happens that you get a couple of pitches right in that little zone that. You tend to do damage on. You got a couple of them in a row there. I, I, this, this is just how the, good the Orioles are. In the last seven days, the Orioles are 25th in runs and 20th in ERA and are 4-3. and three. 
Like that 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 is that is for me all you yeah. need to know is when your team is basically fighting to do everything. And oh by the way, they got a six man rotation, which they're trying to figure out because they got a bunch of dudes who just really hadn't been there and done it before. They got a lot going on and are still winning. Funny, they got a pretty good team. Funny you should mention that because Brandon Hyde was asked about his team, the Orioles manager was asked about his team's ability to continue to grind out close wins and wins in extra innings. This is what he said. Little things matter so much. The Mateo uh, running from contact. Uh, we, we just did things over and over again so well this series. You know, even Santander, you know, middle of the order guys trying to get him Love over, pulls one to the right side. Just there's just this is team at bats, team baseball, team defense, uh, and our guys are appreciating that, understanding how fun it is to play that way, and that's why our record is what it is. I mean, Man, yeah, I don't know what else you say. Like, they got athletes running all over the place, which is key there. I, I think they're you so like Santander, don't you? Because he's smart guy. He hits both sides of the plate. He can hit a fastball. He can hit a three run homer. He, he can hit a two out, two run single. Like he can do basically in the middle of the order everything you need to do. He can hit good pitching. Like he sort of calms everything else down that's hectic around got a bunch of kids all around him that are running all over the place and wants to get paid and figure out how to be big leaguers and you got that dude stuck right in the middle of the order and then Ryan Mountcastle I I can just again I can remember the batting practice of me and you it was the worst batting practice I've ever seen a dude take I think you need to I think you need to erase that from your and mind. you watch that guy did. hit and he rarely misses a pitch that he he's should got hit some out. sort of on base streak crazy too. right it's just yeah. it's just like he's sort of mastered the things he needs to master to get the barrel out in front. And when he gets a hanger or a fastball down the middle in a big moment, he tends to, to come up big. So that's that's a big deal for a good team is to win baseball games when you're not doing a whole lot right and they're doing it. Yeah, the Rays, well, the Rays, they're still in second place. They will get Tyler Glasnow back Monday night against the Giants after treatment for back spasms. And, boy, I'll tell you what, every bit's going to help a team that's struggling to keep it's pitching staff, and now it's lineup intact. The latest issue, of course, is Wander Franco's addition to the suspended list mm. following the social media allegations that he had an appropriate relationship with a minor. The Rays are cooperating with Major League Baseball's investigation. In fact, Franco left the dugout mid-game Sunday. Uh, manager Kevin Cash refused comment on the matter beyond saying it was a scheduled off day for a player who has hit in 14 of his last 15 games including six home runs in that time, and has raised his average from 262 to 281. Was there more involved with Franco not playing today than just a day off? No, just a day off. Because yeah, there was some speculation we saw him leave the dugout in the game and then come back. Yeah, I'm aware of this speculation. I'm not going to comment any further on that, but um, his, the day off was because the day off. Uh, Cash did, however, have some thoughts on losing to Tanner uh, Tanner Bybee, I got it right, Boom. on Sunday. After seeing his team sweat out a win over the Guardians, Gavin Williams on Saturday, in which Williams had 10 strikeouts over five innings. Does does this sound familiar? Hmm. It, it, it was, uh, okay. Oh, thank you for that. Um, Kevin Cash, the reason I brought that up is Cash had some comments it was just like John Schneider after facing those two guys. Yeah. And his comment about uh, about Bybee was how just he attacked he attacked us in the strike zone and how impressed he was with both of those young guys. 
they uh, that they he attacked the the Rays in the strike zone. The Yankees. I mean, what can you say about them? Heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss. It really breaks my heart. Doesn't it break yours? It's tough. It's yeah, tough. It's on tough. Me. Yeah, Sunday they yeah. yeah Sunday they lost to the Marlins on a Jake Berger walk off. Now think about this. This is against a Yankees bullpen that had the best bullpen ERA in the majors. Clay Holmes missed location, made bad pitches, and he committed a costly error. The Yankees blew a four-run lead. Next up, next up for the Yankees, three against the Braves, three against the resurgent Red Sox. And, uh, I mean, tough loss as far as Aaron Boone is concerned. Just, Just one of many. Yeah, I feel like in regards to losses like this, like 21, we had a, was was where we had a ton of them like that. Um, so, you know, they never feel good, obviously. Um, but we don't have a lot of time. We got to get back on the horse tomorrow and find a way. Uh, he just said said the ball was down. Really as simple as that. It's kind of a yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Aaron Boone. Uh, look, it was it was a bad, bad loss for the Yankees. Again, the bullpen has largely been consistent. Yep, it's largely been a constant throughout the team's troubles this year. And, yep. and Clay Holmes, in particular, has been a beast for them. But but man, he was uh, not their pen. Rodon's not been good. Severino's not been good. Stanton's not been good. LeMahieu's not been good. Volpe, look, he's an athlete. He's still learning. I mean, he's playing, trying to play shortstop for the New York Yankees. Not the easiest thing. Nestor Cortez is out. Impact players, do they have them other than Judge and Cole? Absolutely not. That, that's the thing, right? You got athletes running all over the American League East, and none of them are in New York. I mean, that's basically, yeah, other that's... than the shortstop, that's basically what you got. And you got a GM who will next year that will be starting his 27th season as the GM of the New York Yankees. Now, dare I or dare anybody else say because Brian Cashman's been really good at his job, but you would think 27 years is it's about may, time. maybe a couple too many and I just think a fresh set of eyes in New York to bring something different like a they just don't have it. Like now you're starting to see baseball IQ show up. Labor Torres is running like a little league around the bases. Like it's like it is. It's embarrassing. The base running there is a little embarrassing. Just the players that you thought were supposed to be really good are just not really good. Now Cole and Judge are obviously you're going to buy tickets to go watch them. But Anthony Rizzo, I mean, I think he's hurt now. But there's they lot. Yeah, there's, there's that, some bad things going on. That's the other thing. This was a loss in a Garrett Cole start. Yeah. Too. And those things only come around once every once every four days, yeah. once every five days. Uh, speaking of Aaron Judge, he was asked about this continuing inability of the Yankees to develop any sort of momentum. And listen to this, Aaron Judge kind of looking ahead a little bit to the offseason. Put a game like this behind you when you think about the circumstances that are in front of you guys, whether it be Atlanta, the standings, the time left in the season. You know, maybe when the season's over with, you know, whenever it ends, you can reflect on games like this. But, you know, we got to move forward. You know, like I said, we're facing a great team tomorrow. And, you know, I know this one this one sucks right here, you know, especially with the lead we had and that bats we had. But, you know, we got to show up tomorrow. Yeah, that uh, is Aaron Judge. And, of course, the, the Boston Red Sox, we mentioned the Yankees have got the Boston Red Sox for three games. Uh, for three games this week. The Red Sox 
are playing the Washington Nationals. They're just finishing off this run. Remember we talked about this is a run of relatively easy games. They have their 5-2 and two in those games. they got three coming up uh, 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 and, and you know, a realistic chance of going 8-2 eight and, eight and two in those 10 games mm-hmm. before they get to the Yankees. Uh, Trevor Story's back. Boy, is he back. Hitting third yesterday. Uh, he joined John Valentin and Dom DiMaggio as the only players in Red Sox history to record three extra base hits and two stolen bases in the same game. Story hitting third. Uh, and uh, Adam Duvall batting fifth. They're getting Garrett Whitlock back, Chris Sale. They are a team that uh, they're going to have a say. They're going to have yeah, a Yoshida, say in what happens. Yoshida, you know, this is sort of the dog days for guys who haven't really been yeah. in long seasons. Verdugo's going through some things. Duran's going through some things now. Casas sort of turned the corner, starting to get some big hits. Me, it's up to those sort of guys. Mm-hmm. And then whatever the rotation. And you mentioned, you know, like fresh and and should be raring and ready to go. Trevor Story's one of those guys, right? Yeah. I haven't played in a long time. Just mentally between the years could bring a boost when, you know, it just comes to being a really good player and a really good position player and a guy that can get you some big hits and sort of hide your woes when it comes to baseball IQ, mm-hmm. some bad defense, and some bad pitching. And they're fun to watch on the offensive side. It's just sort of everything else is sort of trying to play catch up. And But their offense is sort of what has kept them in it. And it's not the, right, if you're an opposing team, it's not the easiest thing. But they are a game under 500 on the road. Yep. They are 15 and 19 in one-run games. Those two things are not great. They need to get better at That's the baseball IQ part of it and, and the bad pitching. But you got to play good. you got to score runs to beat them. And this is sort of what you mentioned is the team down the stretch and the Jays are one of them that faces the Red Sox. you got to score runs. If you don't, they're going to beat you. So the ALE standings are thus Baltimore's leading 73 and 45. My goodness, they've won seven of their last 10. Tampa Bay is 71 and 49. The Jays are 66 and 54. They're eight back in the division. Uh, they are five back of the Rays. The Red Sox, they are three back of the Blue Jays. The Yankees are five back of the Blue Jays. If you look at the wild card standings overall right now, Tampa Bay continues to lead 71 and 49. Houston is 68 and 51. Right behind them, the Toronto Blue Jays, 66 and 54. They're two and a half back of Houston. They're a game and a half up on Seattle. The uh, Orioles. Did the Jays a solid this weekend, winning uh, a couple of series against, uh, or a couple of games against the Mariners. The Red Sox are three back. The Yankees are five. And then you get into the Angels, six and a half, Cleveland, eight and a half. Um, yeah, we can almost stop talking. About we can that. stop talking. I, I I think we're almost at the point where we can stop talking about the Yankees too, frankly, because I just don't, I, I just don't think, I don't think they have it in them. Yeah, well, I don't six, think they have it in them. They're six and 10 since Judge has been back. You, you mentioned everything around him. Like it's, when he's not a behemoth and hitting two home runs a game and G- Garrett Cole's not on the mound. Like they're, they're just really not a good team. And now they're injured and underperforming and, you know, non-athletic. I mean, they, they just have a lot of things that are not real good. And you wonder if it's an easy fix in the off season. Like, is it just the off off season needs to hurry up for the Yankees or is it going to be longer than that? I'm not sure they can fix it in one off season. Now, that's the thing with the Yankees, right? I know they'll get healthier probably well, I mean, you look, you going look into this. next season. You look at this, Kevin. You look at that at at what they might have to trade. What do they have to trade? Maybe Glaber Torres. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have to replace Glaber Torres. The free agents that are out there, 
I don't think anybody expects Shohei Otani to sign there. Um, you were Otani, you'd sign there? No, not yeah, a chance either. in hell. No chance. Not a chance. Uh, I'd Frankly, I'd be more inclined to sign. No, I wouldn't sign with the Mets before then. But I, nope. you're right. I think they're... Yeah, I think they're a couple of years away from being really good. And I don't know if we have seen a Yankees team in recent years or we can say that. There was always a thought that, boy, one big trade, one good free agent acquisition, and uh, and, and they're the Yankees, right? And, and that mystique is going to be yeah. there. I mean, Giancarlo Stanton's hurt a lot of the time. Now Judge is hurt. Yeah. Judge isn't a is, – we're not talking a 22-year-old dude – Garrett Cole's got miles on him. He's great, but he's got miles yeah. on him. And you just burned another year of Garrett Cole. Well, you look at all the other American League East teams, you can point to one thing that's the issue. Red Sox, they need pitching. The Blue Jays, they Absolutely. need an impactful bat in the middle of their order. Yeah. Maybe more than one. Uh, the Red Sox need pitching. Did I just say the Red Sox? The Rays need health and yeah. more depth and more innings pitched Baltimore, in their rotation. Baltimore's like, getting what they need right now. Well, they They're need, just getting they experience. Need, they, and, need and experience. And they need experience. And so, and they need yeah. that one guy that can, you know, sort of, for me anyway, pitch game one and game seven. So it's very specific on all those other teams. You could name three or four or five things that the Yankees state. That's the issue, right? It's just not one certain thing that they need. They need a plethora of all kinds of things, and that's what I said. I'm just not sure one little offseason is going to be the deciding factor in all that. It is the American League East. Remember that, too. And the Orioles all of a sudden are the best team in it. Yeah, and the Orioles aren't going to get bad anytime Don't soon. Don't look like it. They're not. It's time for Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. Mark Poffo. Mm, he is one and all. He is one and all. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks, buddy. Uh, did you? It was great, yeah. Uh, awesome uh, ceremony for Jose Bautista on Saturday. Uh, it was very good. Yeah, very well done uh, by everybody involved. It was, uh, it was a treat to see. Mm-hmm. But speaking of those Blue Jays, the Mariners are right behind them in that wild card race. They're going to Kauffman Stadium tonight to take on the Royals in Kansas City. Logan Gilbert on the mound for Seattle. Is he going over or under five and a half Ks tonight? This puzzles me, Kevin. Does this seem low to you? Like, no. I'm going to take the over. You are? Yeah. <clears throat> well, okay. He had, he had five. He had 12 Ks in his last start against the Padres. The four starts before that, he had five Ks in each start. Huh, okay. So that's the reason why it's five and a half is what it is. He leads their team in Ks on the road. He leads their team in Ks in August. And Ks in Monday. Kansas City is has the seventh best strikeout percentage at home, which means they don't strike out a ton. They, but they also average seven and a half strikeouts at home. I'm taking the under. I, everything else yells and screams over just because he, he is throwing a tick harder. His slider is moving a little bit more. Kansas City is an atrocious team. But I think there's a reason why it's five and a half. And not higher than that. So I'm taking the under. Yeah. They generally, they do generally know what they're doing. They're, they threw a wrench into the, because he's coming off a 12K start against the Padres. But I'm still going to. You're I, taking the over. I'm, I'm taking the over. I still don't know. What, I, you know and what, the weather's what, not too bad in Kansas City. I did look that up. No, it's, it, it's, uh, it's not real hot. So we'll, we'll be joined, by the way, by uh, Ryan Roland Smith, a Mariner studio analyst at 630 and get a, take a deeper dive into the Mariners, who I admit. Well, they got the best ERA in baseball. You can start deadline. there. You can start there. I still thought at the trade deadline that they were. Cal, Cal Raleigh's season started about two weeks ago, which is good for them. Yeah. 
It's a big deal. And Julio Rodriguez is starting to be looking like he's one of the best players in baseball again. So those two things in the best ER in baseball, that's probably why they're at where they're at. That was Between the Lines brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Jason Stark of The Athletic will join us at 6 o'clock. Ryan Roland Smith, Mariner Studio Analyst, host of the Top Step podcast, along with Grant Balfour, will join us. Maybe we can talk about the Australian women's soccer team, seeing as how they're both Aussies. They're both Aussies. I'll let you do that. Matildas. We mentioned we got Jay's tickets before the break to see the Phillies and Jay's. You have something you want to say. I know when, when you reach, when you reach with your we're arm, right up against it. 20, when you reach with your arm, Jay's like got that. 42 games left. They have 24 of those at home. They got 18 games against the East. Which one of those three things I just told you, 42 games, 24 east, at home east, or east, 18 east, games against the East are east, the most important east, part east, of that east, conversation. East, East, East. What do they need to go in those 18 games? Now remember 15 no. of those 18 are the last 15 of the season. I mean, what do they need to go to? Yeah, do like we make a play, be in the playoffs, because it's it's going to come down to the twenty four games at home yeah, because they're I, atrocious at hitting at home. I and don't know. They're atrocious to, at playing against the American League. I need East. to see. So I need, it's those two things. I mean, it'll depend on what happens to Tampa. It'll depend entirely on what happens to Tampa. Yeah, I don't think you can worry you about other call. teams. Well, you have to. How? Because you're going to be playing. Well, you got to worry about the teams Tampa. you're playing. Yeah, but I mean, and you got to beat some of them. I don't those. know Tam- if if Tampa's falling apart, then, I mean, I can't possibly predict what they're going to do with eight, 18 games against the So East. you're on the fence? No, I'm yeah. just... Anyhow, I'm going to take a break, come back. No, what they do against the East is important. I just don't have a winning percentage for 12 it. 12-6. and six. <sighs> Say it, Jeff. Jason Stark of The Athletic joins us 12-6. and six. Jason and Stark five. of The Athletic joins us next. You can do it's it, man. Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and, and Sportsnet. But what if I don't want to do it? 